Welcome to the Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Hey guys, it's Brianna from the Socialista Podcast. It has been a hot minute since we've had an episode, um, but we are back, and I have a very exciting guest here today with me at the tiny house at Ferguson, so I would like to introduce Justin from Jabberwockies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey! <laughs> well, first off, again, thank you so much for coming to the tiny home with me, and I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, this is so interesting, being <laughs> in this tiny home, in this tiny neighborhood, hidden behind these historic motels. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I that's don't... where we're at. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. I think, um, I don't know as much history about Ferguson's, but I think this hotel was pretty poppin' in like the 60s. Mm-hmm. And now to see, um, they had a, a picture of like the original health hotel versus now is like wild. I don't know if you've ever seen like some historical no. pictures of like the downtown area, but it's crazy to see like the differences. I imagine. It's only... <laughs> been what plus 50 years so yeah i know and you said you had lived here for 10 years total now 10 years 2008. yeah 2008 wow that was 2008 was such a pivotal year i think in general so yeah um i definitely want to talk about your your experience here in vegas um but before we get to that i kind of want to backtrack all the way and can we talk about like where you grew up where you were from and what that was like for you sure okay uh, i was born and raised on guam Okay. That's all the way in the Pacific Ocean, just a small island about, you know, 30 miles long and like 18 miles wide. Yeah, it's fairly small. I had no idea. Um, I had Jean Munson. She also grew up in Guam, and she was telling me that it's about the size of like Henderson. Just itself, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. There's no freeways. Um, Everyone's your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, and you can just get anywhere within an hour tops. Oh, really? Yeah, so I That's grew up really there cool. uh, for about 18 years. Really simple life. Yeah. Going to the beach, um, chilling, you yeah. know, going on hikes, enjoying, like, that lifestyle. Uh-huh. But eventually I did feel like it was just kind of slow for me, so that's mm-hmm. what uh, triggered my transition to Las Vegas in 2008. Okay. So did you and your family move here together, or was it just you? It was just me. Wow. So why Vegas, then? I, I don't remember. You don't <laughs> I think it was an exchange program oh. with the university I was going to at the time. Okay. And Las Vegas is one of the options where you could exchange and not pay out of uh, state residency. You would just pay regular, like, I don't know, some kind of yeah. loophole. Yeah. And there was no rules against just staying if you wanted to stay, so I just stayed after that. Oh, wow. So what was like what was your first impression had you ever been stateside or had you been to vegas prior to actually moving here real funny story yeah uh probably in 2003 or two Uh i came here with like a dance team that i was on okay and we competed at one of the conventions at the las vegas convention center Uh uh-huh and we won and that was like my first time here in vegas i think wet and wild was still open (laughs) 
um, the strip was just new to me, and I was just mm-hmm. a kid, so I couldn't do anything. But right, yeah. I just saw it, and I went to Circus Circus, and saw the circus acts, but that was my first impression of Vegas, was just like a super party city. Like, yeah. even as a kid, I was like, there's a lot of stuff going on here, there's a lot of lights, and then 2008 is when I moved, and I just had those, like, little lasting memories of, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's different here, it's not Guam. Yeah. Um, it's about to get real hot. <laughs> yeah. What is, um, I'm just curious, but what is the, the temperament like in Guam, like, weather-wise? Uh, probably high 70s uh-huh. or 80s but it's, it's humid so you will uh, sweat sure definitely you're not but uh it's pretty consistent all year round uh-huh. aside from the rain every now yeah. and then but yeah your wardrobe doesn't really change or your car status you know what i mean you don't yeah. have to drive through snow or anything like that and it's just real simple just yeah you go to school kick it with your friends uh-huh. go home so you mentioned that um, with the dance competition, so you were doing dance in Guam prior. Yes. So how did you get started with that? I think at a young age, I was already just watching like TV, and I think uh, the emergence of boy bands had a big part. Oh, okay, I yeah. Think when I was in elementary, that's when like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yeah. 98 degrees it was just a bunch <laughs> it was like at least 10 boy bands oh yeah of, and it was just a big phenomenon and they had a lot of dancing mm-hmm. and I think that's how I first gen- generally learned yeah and then my mom may- might have picked that up and then she put me in a school at age 11 and uh, it was cool it was fun but uh-huh. I was definitely a naughty kid and I didn't want really want to pay attention <laughs> I could feel that the teachers wanted me to focus more and like, uh-huh. go to your potential, but I was just always like had my nose in the air and just didn't really <laughs> care because I was just trying to be a kid still. Sure, and yeah. I, and I don't regret it, you know. Yeah. I see these amazing kids that are just beyond my level at that age, but I always wonder like, are they still like enjoying themselves as a kid if yeah. you're so focused or if your parents are pushing you too hard? Mm-hmm. My parents just supported me. They didn't mm-hmm. like you know have me by whip and <laughs> dance you're gonna do this yeah, yeah so I was just grateful for that yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome because I think yeah that's kind of like a big thing that's happening um it does make you think uh growing up like I have a lot of younger siblings and kind of like thinking about my experience versus their experience in school and yeah. they're like it's very interesting especially with like science and um mathematics they're definitely pushing that at a younger age so it's kind of interesting to see how like kids now will will grow up and what they'll be doing yeah i mean it's just consistent evolution yeah something's been done and we see that it can be done like other people try to obtain it even quicker Mm -hmm. they try to dissect it like when people do like the marathon like at first it took how long now it's just getting smaller and smaller. So true, yeah. Olympic records always get beaten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our just abilities as humans consistently develops and I think that's so interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know, sometimes I have this like philosophical moments where I'm like, how did we even make these things? Like, how did we come up with these concepts of a house or like, and then thinking all the way, like, how did that... <laughs> let's minimize it. Let's make it smaller again, yeah. And let's put it in a neighborhood downtown. <laughs> And let's make it accessible for someone to have a podcast like exactly here we are wild <laughs> we right are. it's wild. thousands of years later this is what life is now <laughs> um but anyway 
you mentioned, like, because you lived in Guam for 18 years before you went to school and you had that feeling of, you know, maybe wanting something a little bit more or something more for yourself. So what really drove that? Was that just, like, one day you were kind of like, you know, maybe there's more to the life that I have right now? Or was that dance influencing that as well? I think it was definitely the realization that, you know, wanting something different or... Mm -hmm. um, Honestly, it was kind of being like the big fish in the little pond for a little bit because yeah. I was dancing since I was 11 and I started competing in high school too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I started winning stuff and I was like, this is cool, uh-huh. you know, but then it, it almost got to the point where like, dude, I'm winning everything. Like, what's next, you know? Right. And I, I just was like, okay, I need to put myself out there. I need to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the year before I moved... Javalockies came to Guam and they performed. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a crazy story or like a crazy circle how it all like ended up me being here. Yeah. But they they just had won the, the America's Best Dance Crew. Uh-huh. So they were on TV and then they started touring and Guam was one of their stops. And um, they needed a crew to open up for their show. And I was like, cool, we got selected. So our crew, my crew at the time, it was called Circle One. We're just a bunch of high school kids uh-huh. just dancing, you know, and we're like, okay, let's put a show together and yeah. we're going to open for the job walkies. And we did. They had a sold out show. It was great. That's awesome. And they had an after party at some local bar mm-hmm. on Guam. And then, yeah, there was a dance circle at the end and we're all, you know, um, just vibing and meeting each other then i jokingly said like yo i'm gonna go to vegas next year i'm gonna try and get down with you guys ha 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 blah 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 yeah and then like i didn't even realize that i had said that and it really did happen like the following year i'm in vegas right and then uh i meet a couple dancers who just know other dancers and then fast forward and i'm in the job show you know so it's just a crazy circle of like how that kind of just manifested itself yeah i wanted it but i didn't really like force it either sure i wasn't like nagging them like please let me in yeah or (laughs) you know i wasn't like asking or like looking for job applications on how to be a job walkie you know Mm -hmm, it was just mm -hmm. it just kind of happened and i just went with it so it was cool that's really amazing like yeah the think of that circle just coming back around yeah and that was yeah, plus 10 years ago already. Yeah. So to just think like, wow. <laughs> that's wild. Like, ugh. not to be that cheesy person, but that's really like the universe or like life just falling, yeah. falling in together. Yeah, and I, didn't, I just forget that sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, you know, no one thinks that far back anymore. They're right, yeah, like, that feels like a lifetime ago. focus on what's current and what's in front of you, but it's like, wow. That's really amazing. That's super cool. So, um, I'm really excited to learn more about what you do with Jabberwockies and how your dance career um, progressed. But let's go back. So, when you first moved to Vegas mm-hmm. and you were first here, and like, I guess you were in school. So, can we talk about what your first experience here was like okay. those first yeah, couple sure. years? So, I had a very cheap apartment, <laughs> like, central las vegas for mm-hmm. those that know las vegas cross streets i'll say saharan maryland and i'll say it's not the best area mm. uh, i just got a you know decent car to get me to point a to point b but before that i was riding the bus and i was honestly terrified really? <laughs> as a 
19-year-old guy, I was still terrified. I was like, I don't know why, but this just feels sketched, you know? Yeah. And UNLV wasn't that far either. It was about a 10-minute bus ride, but I was like, no, I'm going to try and get a car. Yeah. And I worked at the outlets, getting paid minimum wage. It was just tough. Sure. First moving here at 18 and just 18, 19, I'm like, all right, mom, I'll be cool. (laughs) I, I tried. I tried to make it work. Um, I was working two jobs at one point too, but mm. definitely not focused in like dancing or like trying to make it my career. I was going to practice sessions, but yeah. I wasn't like, this is going to be my thing. I was going to school for architecture. Okay. At UNLV, and it was rough. I just couldn't focus, and I know I want. I know I thought that's what I wanted because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in high school I enjoyed art and I enjoyed math and I kind of wanted to fuse the two so I thought architecture would be the way right and uh it got to a point where I couldn't afford school anymore uh. and then that's when I started to consider the military and then okay. shortly after that I enlisted mm-hmm. and then I did that for like four years okay but it was only the National Guard so I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that where you only train uh, one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer oh okay so no. I was still able to go to school yeah and they covered nice. school so that was great that's awesome and got a Pell Grant and all that but then I ended up not liking the military either sure yeah and I ended up dropping out of architecture school because mm. it was just stressful and I just started quitting everything. <laughs> I didn't like my job. Yeah. And then I started working at the pool, and I started working at Excess, the nightclub. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, it's one of the better nightclubs here, and I was making, you know, good money, mm-hmm. and I thought I would be happy then. Right. But then still, I wasn't, and um, I eventually quit that too, and that's when the show, when I started committing to the show, and started mm-hmm. doing that, and haven't left since. That's really cool. So, do you think um, during these different experiences with architecture school and doing military and the different jobs that you had, was there like that little like voice like, you know, dance is a passion or what? It, what was that that conversation like for you? I think around that time I was more a competitive dancer than mm. a, I would say working dancer. Com- or I see. A, so I was always trying to go to events and compete. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I did try to keep it priority for myself. Like, mm. whenever I did have a job, I only wanted to work what I needed to work to pay my bills. I sure, didn't yeah. want to overwork myself. I wasn't the employee that was down for overtime or down <laughs> to cover people. Like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to work what I needed to, uh-huh. take the days off when I needed to, and then battle. So that was always my mentality for a while. Like, mm-hmm. I've never been, like, materialistic or, like, cared about the money so yeah it's always been in the back of my hand like okay after I finish my homework I'm gonna go practice or yeah or like I don't want to do my homework I'm gonna go practice (laughs) (laughs) do what I really like yeah yeah so it's definitely been there but as a career it never really like clicked till recently Mm -hmm. yeah so so you start you said prior that you started with Jabberwockies four four or five years ago is that right yeah well the first initial time was 2012 and that was just okay. for an australia tour oh so you yeah. went with them to Aus- 
yeah, to Australia? For six months, yeah. No way. So I lived there literally oh, that's for so six cool. months. I was 22 years old, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is amazing. We're in Gold Coast, Australia, which not a lot of people know about, mm. I think, if you tell them, do you know Gold Coast, Australia? I definitely don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this beach city, and okay. the place they had us at was just right by the beach, and I would just wake up, and the curtains would open, the sun would hit me, and the wind, and it was just like an ideal place to live. Yeah. And um, it wasn't a culture shock, because everyone speaks English, just mm-hmm. with their accents Mm -hmm. and they say we have accents and (laughs) you know at a young age I was like man this attention is cool and I was just like living it up yeah and then we came back and then um we moved the show from Monte Carlo to Luxor but that transition took a couple years okay or a year I think yeah and then uh I wasn't back in for another two years before Mm. um 2015 Mm -hmm. yeah and they had auditions, and I was like, you know what? I had a good time in Australia. I think I want to go try it again, you know? Yeah. I want to dance, and, like, as a, as, a, as, a, as a job, as a job. I was just thinking as a job. I wasn't thinking as a career. Like, yeah, I would like to dance as a job. Yeah, yeah. So I auditioned, and I made it again. So, and then I haven't left since then. So that was 2015. That's really cool. So is that how it works? Like, do you have to audition, like, every year to, like, continue with them? Or how it's is that process? Really every year. It's just every so often. And mm. it just depends on the need or expansion of the show. Like, for example, last year we had an audition in May because we were going to have one show in China, one show in Vegas, and one show in L.A. Oh, so wow. we just needed more people. I see. Yeah. So and then this year, it just depends on the projects that are coming up. Okay. To, to determine if we need to hold auditions. But right now we have a pretty solid squad. Yeah. Awesome. So how like if you have separate shows? So the example you gave was uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and China. Yeah. So do you all like travel to those places together, or do you have separate um, like squads? I guess. Separate squads. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And to just divide the work and yeah. um, but collectively still come to an agreement of like, okay, that's a that's good that's a good show, it's solid. Uh-huh. And what I respect a lot is we try to keep all the shows different too. Okay. So that if there is that super fan that decides to go to all three, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they deserve to see three different shows. Yeah, you know? sure. So it's tough. I mean you could easily just do the same show mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. more places. Mm-hmm with more people but I think we don't want to lose too much like we want to have quality control as well yeah yeah so um just because I don't know as much about Jabberwockies itself can you talk a little bit about the history for other people who may not know uh Jabberwockies was a hip-hop dance crew that started in 2003 I believe okay and uh, the original members were residing or came from like Sacramento Okay. And uh, even like San Diego, and just all in that like Cali- mostly California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the birth of the mask was just genius, but also serendipitous. I don't think it was like, guys, this is the thing that's gonna take us to the top. <laughs> We're gonna do this. It was more on some innocent, like artistic. It was from an innocent place. We were like, guys, let's just put on this mask and let's do this show. Yeah. And it, the results were just amazing because the 
the initial purpose was to unite all the dancers on stage, mm-hmm. you know, just with all the same mask and all the same, like, white gloves. And it was iconic, you know? We weren't thinking about the individual anymore. We were thinking about the group. The collective, yeah. And the collective, and then I think that spoke to people. Yeah. And then they went on America's Best Dance Career in 2007. It was the first season, and it was just the most successful season, and they ended yeah. up winning. And it really, really catapulted them from there. Definitely. So, yeah, TV helps. That's re- Yeah, that's really cool. I, I vaguely, vaguely remember um, that first America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah, 2007 was quite a while ago. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that wild? Over a decade ago? Crazy. Yeah. I was only in, I think, I was only in seventh grade then. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, think about that. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to talk more about your your experience. So how often are you guys putting on uh, on shows here in Vegas? Uh, so our local show here in Vegas is at the MGM, okay. and it's on Thursday through Monday. Oh, wow, so and you do the whole every night yeah. oh, through the weekend. Yeah, Tuesday okay. and Wednesday is when we're dark, and that's when I'm usually chilling or resting. Yeah. Uh, but the shows are at 7 and 9.30. Wait, do you have a show tonight? What's today? Saturday? Saturday? I'm off today, personally. Oh, okay. But there is a show tonight. Oh, wow, okay. I'm off personally. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I can relax <laughs> a little bit. But, um, yeah, and we've been at the MGM for two years. Now. Two years? Yeah. And you said you were at the... It was Monte Carlo, then the Luxor? Then the Luxor. Okay. So have were you at the Luxor with them prior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Towards the end, towards the end of that um, show, yeah. Uh huh. I ended up doing the last couple months before we moved. So do you feel like there was? Um, I don't know if maybe you experienced this, but like different crowds in between the different like um, different casinos or shows. Like, what is a typical night like for you guys? In terms of people in the crowd. That yeah. I think we're really targeting families mm, as okay. far as like our demographic of who to entertain. Sure, sure. Our show is very like family friendly. Right. And um, yeah, you're not gonna see naked women. <laughs> Maybe naked men. No, but not really. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> not every night. Only on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still wearing a mask at least. Yeah. There you Just go. Kidding. Decency. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's really just for the family, and it's really a yeah. great show in terms of just enjoying the music and mm-hmm. the choreography, and then there's also, like, little skits in between, a little bit of pantomiming. Okay. So it, it's really a show for everyone. That's cool. And I think that's what's so fun about it, is that you can invite anyone to see it. It's not like, oh, I don't know if you'll like it. It's like, yeah, because there's definitely yeah. some shows in Vegas where you're like, mm, maybe let's leave the kids with yeah. somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even as, like, I've seen... Uh, bachelorette parties or bachelorette parties mm. they just come to and they still just enjoy it yeah They're, everyone Great. can relate to something in this yeah show. it transcends mm-hmm. that's really awesome so yeah. how do you guys prepare for shows uh we, like how often are you practicing our show's at seven uh-huh and we arrive at the MGM at five o'clock okay every day okay uh, we do a little checklist of just the stunts we need to do, build that chemistry with the person. Like, mm-hmm. if someone's, you know, going to flip you, you got to make sure that we're on the same page that day, not yeah. just try and do it on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we do minor cleaning, but prior to the show, we were doing, like, weeks of rehearsal. Okay. But now that it's in our system, it's just a short refresher here mm-hmm. and there every day. And mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have to switch out a side or, like, 
Um, some people like to challenge themselves and learn another part. Okay. And, you know, um, just try and go over that. Yeah. And I think collectively that just makes us, like, stronger because we can just interchange or, like, if you know someone else's part also, it kind of helps you doing your part well. Sure, because you can, you'll you know what's be happening. Yeah. yeah. So how many people currently do you have on your, your Las Vegas squad? I think there's about 20. 20. And are, are all 20 of you performing each night? No. Okay. Each night there's about 12. Mm, okay. Yeah. Still, that's quite that's quite a few people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. But we try to stay ready because in addition to the show, there's still, like, gigs here and there. Like, an example, mm. this Sunday, Jabwakis will be performing halftime at the Las Vegas Aces game, the first uh, professional women's basketball game. Oh, no They're way. They're going to be doing halftime, but there's also a show here at MGM as well. Oh, that's cool. So okay. we have enough people to, you know, kind of rotate yeah. and do that. And then outside of that, there's people teaching here in Las Vegas or going out of town teaching. Or oh, We wow. still try to stay active in our own personal dance lives as well. That's nice. Outside of the show. Yeah. So whether it be like your own gigs or if you're trying to put a show together, if you're mm-hmm. a choreographer mm-hmm. or um, we had a couple guys, including myself, we did the Billboard Awards last week. Oh, so no and then that was just on our as ourselves, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We just have a lot of talent everywhere, and it's just it's a good nesting area. That's really nice to be able to have your own like uh, advance in your own like dance and yeah. uh, your own passion, and then be able to come together and make such an amazing show. Yeah, that's yeah. really awesome. So can we talk about the Billboard Awards? What was that sure. like? Uh, yeah. It was amazing. It was one of my most pivotal moments of like you know what I do I mean not like I wasn't but I was like I really love to dance (laughs) this is it this is what I want to do and I was just amazed at the amount of work that went into it Mm. there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and experiencing the billboards helped me like appreciate that even more from the creative directors to to production Mm to wardrobe just to everyone like collectively coming together for this like amazing night and yeah it was really like i was starstruck just meeting everybody Mm. and just seeing them at such a close vicinity and even interacting with some people who are some some people that you were able to Uh, i saw casey neistat he's one of my favorite like bloggers oh cool vlogs every day and like yeah i was able to chop it up with him and i was like felt kind of cool because not everyone knew who he was but he's huge you know like, yeah yeah so i was just like what's up casey and then we exchanged some words and that was cool that's awesome uh i just waved to ariana grande which is kind of cool <laughs> she, she like looked she didn't say hey justin but it was enough for not me. yet yeah and then we worked with kelly clarkson for the opener and she oh, was a did? sweetheart oh, and wow. she can sing i was like whoa yeah experience that like so chills. close yeah like, when someone can give you chills with their voice, you're like, dang, they're they're hitting something that's, like, pleasing to your ears. So yeah, right? Like, you know, yeah, to have that feeling, it can be pretty rare. Yeah. That's so cool. So, I would definitely do it again. And yeah. hopefully there's going to be more opportunities for me in the future. Maybe the Grammys or something else. But I just, knows, yeah. I got a good taste of it. Like, I'm, I'm excited just to see what right. else can happen. Yeah, definitely. It seems like there's going to be a lot of amazing things on the horizon. Yes. That's super exciting. So, uh, for the billboards, not to, like, keep dwelling on that, but 
how how did that work out? Did you like pitch like a like a mm. like a routine or like how does that work? Well, like I said, some of us um, or most of us also have our individual um, dancing mm. life out of the show, and um, mm. it was my agency in LA that reached out to me. Oh, like, I see. Hey, um, we're gonna need like these kind of dancers, hip hop dancers. And, okay. Like, do you know some people? Yeah. And it was like, pretty smart of the agency to just hire from Las Vegas instead of hiring dancers in LA and bringing them over, which is what they typically typically mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. because there are a lot of talented uh, dancers in sure, LA. Sure. Yeah. To use the Vegas dancers was something different, I think, mm-hmm. that the Billboard Awards doesn't typically do. Yeah. They usually just hire from LA, so I was grateful to be a part of it. Like, cool. Like, I've been on this agency, and I've done a couple auditions, but, like, never really booked anything that was really, like, this. Uh-huh. And it just so happened to be the billboards in Las Vegas, and I got to dance with other people that are from Las Vegas, too. That's really awesome, so just was, to think for our really city. It a statement. Yeah, it yeah. was a big statement to be like, yep, we have some talented people here, too, okay? That's so, so cool. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really proud of the squad we had, and it was cool. That's awesome. So I feel like I totally skipped over this question, um, but I was thinking, why hip hop specifically? Was there a reason? I know you said you were influenced by like some of the boy bands back mm-hmm. in like the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. But um, why? Like, what really gravitates you towards hip hop dance specifically? I learned this about myself pretty recently. Is that I think I just don't like structure like mm. too much structure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when my mom put me in dance class I was like I had I almost had ADD because like if the choreographer was just going over it too much or like too specific I didn't like it or technique yeah. was just you know it's kind of a bad thing it's kind of a fault because <laughs> I would probably be more technically sound and maybe have more ability but I guess that that's what makes you a creative though yeah mm. yeah that's what it falls into you know and it's just not for everybody and then the military I didn't like too much of you know this 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 yeah so that's why I left too and maybe architecture too and being too exact like all of that yeah like that structure's not gonna work measurements you it know? looks really nice and <laughs> designed well but it's it's not gonna work and I think that was hip-hop for me, that there was no boundary, there was no, mm-hmm. it has to be this way, mm-hmm. and I, that's what I gravitated to always, was like, okay, cool, I get to be me, I get to dance the way I want, dance yeah. the way I feel, and also, the culture had a big, big, big part of it, mm-hmm. like, I remember just listening to my first like rap album, and that was late too, it was in high school, and I was like, whoa, he just told me a story, and I saw it when he was rapping you know right. and then that's the first time music hit me like that and yeah then, same thing with dance like dude he didn't even say anything but i know what he was saying with his movement right and yeah job walkies was a big part of that too like communicating the the sounds with your body and expressing without even having an expression on your exactly. face exactly so, yeah especially since you have a mask on to me that was just like something that i wanted to be about you know and yeah. i think that's what i try to carry on not too mm-hmm. not too structured yeah you know we have our choreography our eight counts but at the same time feel it out go mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. if something changes it up freestyle you know yeah i take those principles to life as well you know that's re- that's a really good like like philosophy to have kind yeah. of be able to go with the flow when you need to mm-hmm. i love that 
yeah stay on rhythm but you know every now and then there's a little accent of yeah another instrument and you know that's perfect i love that explanation yeah that's really cool so who are some people maybe growing up and now that that influence you and um influence your dance wow. <laughs> tough questions <laughs> or like people that you really admire or what are some what are uh some like bands or artists that you're listening yeah. to right now oh right now mm-hmm. wow right now i've been listening to a lot of like really chill chill music yeah like it's almost it makes me want to dance kind of lazy uh-huh but it's very vibey too and i think to, to name like the vibe I thought if I'm not explaining it well maybe like Daniel Caesar he's a really good one Khalid's album okay. was cool Kehlani Alina Baraz it's very like write all these down <laughs> yeah it's very like chill moody vibe and yeah. I feel like that's where I'm at as an older dancer now too is where I just kind of want to like dance and vibe I, mm. I mean I've done a lot of things where I was doing crazy flips and spinning everywhere and mm-hmm. I still enjoy that too mm-hmm. but right now I'm in a phase of just kind of chilling and feeling it out more yeah doing doing more with less less movement makes sense less yeah. is more huh yeah, they're <laughs> trying to convey that with dance now yeah that's really cool it's a, it's a challenge being like very melodical about it yeah that's awesome so for um for people who are interested in hip-hop dance or um, doing auditions um, what would you say to them and what could what knowledge could you give them about the work that goes into it I think a big big part and it's the hardest part Mm. is taking the leap of faith like to be like I'm gonna do this and also accept that you might suck for a (laughs) long time yeah like and that's just the reality of it but Mm the reality is also it doesn't last forever sure like if you really just work on not sucking like every day <laughs> it's, it'll become less and less and you'll be like okay I'm pretty good yeah but don't get content either you know you can mm-hmm. always push more mm-hmm. but the leap of faith is a big thing and I'm just speaking on my behalf because I took it so late you know I went through schools jobs military and mm-hmm. all this other stuff before I was like man this is what I want to do so if you can find it in yourself earlier because mm-hmm. you know dance is is a physical thing so you need your young muscles and body so if you can sure. start younger and just take the leap of faith I think it'll be a good one and uh, just take classes yeah vibe out with people and uh, try to get involved with the community too because dance is more social mm-hmm. at first you know that's where it evolved Definitely. from from being with people so try to go to your community events you know and yeah and and don't forget to just have fun because it man that's so hard when it becomes your job yeah that's true you know, i can speak for the guys in the show too it's just like it get it can get redundant if you let it mm-hmm. and dance in general can become a job if you let it but yeah just try to keep it your passion and keep it like your ex- your escape yeah try to keep it that way yeah so how do you um how do you do that for yourself uh i try to dance for nobody sometimes you know or Mm -hmm. a lot of times yeah and i think that that's what helps is like yes you're so used to performing Mm -hmm. hey you were just at the billboards hey you're just at mj i'm like cool but 
sometimes I just like to dance for nobody and just kind of like have no judgment of is this move right does this move look cool yeah and I just kind of dance like oh this is what I feel like doing uh-huh. and always try to keep that feeling because that's what really separating you from a lot of other dancers if you're just feeling it the way you want to and executing it as yourself yeah 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 that's really cool so um when you were i know you said that uh like being doing community events and meeting new people is really important as a dancer so what were some of the things that you did when you were first like wanting to get more into dance as a as a job or now into a career what were some things that you were doing oh that's funny because i was just thinking this like i almost wanted to make a how to <laughs> become a vegas dancer video yeah randomly and i was like how did i do it <laughs> right? I, I wanted to share it but i was like how did i do it well yeah it's a lot of networking you know mm. um there's a lot of great dancers and what's really going to separate you from being great it's like can you be professional if you are gonna be a working dancer are you gonna show up on time are you gonna sure are you gonna hold yourself accountable and not mess up the choreography are Mm. you gonna execute to your full ability are you gonna you know wear the right clothes that you need to wear you're just being professional because a lot of times you'll lose that you get so phased that thinking you're so talented mm-hmm. and yeah. of course they want me for this job and whatever <laughs> but then you show up late and then someone else can take that spot you know right it's a hard career and everyone's hungry you yeah know? and everyone needs to eat so yeah. you got to be on your toes too like yes network be friendly with people but also do do your shit right yeah you know what i mean and i would say yeah for those that want to start being a professional dancer don't wait to be it start acting like Just, it yeah 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 you know like put I mean? your put yourself in that position exactly. already so like you can kind of get yourself ready for success that makes sense definitely yeah and um find out who's who who's already doing the kind of things you want to do and try to be around them surround mm-hmm, yourself with mm-hmm. them you know yeah if they're teaching a class take their class you know if they're throwing an event show up to the event and yeah you know it's piece of like out of sight out of mind if these choreographers or people that hire these things don't see you or don't see how dope you are how are they gonna hire you sure they don't know that you want to do that stuff like show them you yeah do that they're stuff. not gonna know if you're yeah. not there you know you're just another person yeah <laughs> they're not gonna be like oh somebody named justin he needs to be here <laughs> yeah you know so yeah it's really just being around and just surrounding yourself with the people that are doing mm-hmm. it because you know you are what you surround yourself with so definitely surround yourself with some dancers that are already doing what you're doing or what you want to do yeah i mean i can't speak on the dancing community but i think vegas as a whole or at least in the creative side of vegas Mm -hmm. that wants to wants to do better i think they're very open to to having people you know shadow them or learn or just kind of be open to other minds and that's what I really love about Vegas I think yeah I think it's a really great a great community if you have an idea or if you really want to pursue something such as dance I think there's going to be a community there to help you for it yeah yeah and I, that's why maybe I haven't left Vegas because it's we just have it good yeah you know I yeah. mean things could be better and but we're always trying to make it better together mm-hmm. and I think that's a big part of like why I like living in this community and this city yeah I love that 
So speaking uh, of living in our great city of Vegas, when you have some downtime or free time, what do you like to do? I like to watch a lot of movies. Yeah? Um, I, after dropping out from architecture school, I went to CSN and got an associate's degree in film. Oh, cool. And Yeah, film, I see your, film, your yeah, film hat. Film is a big part of my life, too, in terms of dance, too. I make a lot of dance videos, too, but okay. I also try to tell... A visual story with the way it's filmed too. I see yeah and all of this is just trying to feed some creativity hunger that I have so yeah it's just another way another outlet um, but yeah I love to watch movies or I like to make movies um, I like going downtown it's always cool mm-hmm. seeing the vibes but then when I'm here sometimes I'll take pictures yeah but it'll be like dance pictures so yeah. it's I've noticed really some of your hard. Instagram photos. It's really hard for me to take a real day off from dance. Mm. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it can be annoying to some people. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're always dancing. I'm like, I know, I can't stop. Like, yeah, but I mean, hey, if that's your passion, it's it's gonna it, be it truly part of your is, life. And it, it it emerged so late, and I guess I'm just trying to make up for lost time because it, it. I think it's been inside like, yeah, for such a long time. But it was only recently where I was like this is entirely who I am. Yeah. Do you think because you had that realization uh, a few years ago that you feel like you're late to the game or? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the realization did, but it, maybe I'm not late in terms of what I, you know, maybe that's just all opinion. Maybe for other people like, no, that's the right time he was supposed to. I guess. Yeah. I don't you know, know if there I mean? ever is like a, a right time. You know Again, I'm mean? not a dancer, so I don't know, but yeah. So like listening to you talking, like starting at 11 and, and continue that and performing and doing like competitions, like that's, that's all pretty like pivotal stuff, you know? Yeah. It was and, a lot of things just leading up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess that's kind of life, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Like, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, if you know that you have a passion for something, like, go for it right away. But sometimes, like, I it's, guess in your case, like, that does, and other people that I know, it doesn't happen exactly like that. And I think that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, like, we're always evolving, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Like, life is always, you know, live it one day at a time. Some, You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That helps. And you always have to appreciate... This podcast is helping me do that. Just appreciate where you came from or mm. how far you've come. Yeah. A lot of times when you start reaching certain things, you kind of want more and more and more. And mm-hmm. if you don't start getting that other new thing right away or that next big thing, it kind of makes you sad. And you're like, damn, do I suck? Because I can't, <laughs> I can't do, you know, I'm not booking this or I'm not in this show right now. Yeah, I'm it's not, hard. I'm not traveling with this artist. You know, you try to put all these thoughts in your head of what you're not doing mm. but you really have to remember like dude you've done all this stuff though and you came right. here and i think that stems from like social media just oh yeah when we can see what others are doing we think that's what we should have mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. oh he's a dancer i'm a dancer but he's doing that <laughs> How come i'm not doing i'm that? not doing that <laughs> but then in retrospect they could be thinking the exact same thing yeah. you know so you just really have to accept what's for you and just be happy for everybody yeah that can be yeah I 100% agree with you that could be so hard though because we see like things on the surface level especially like on social media on Instagram it's like dang like 
what the heck? And like you said, like, am I doing good enough? But again, like, I feel like literally everyone else has to be in that same, that same boat. Yeah, it's Maybe. funny that we're just all looking at each other like, oh man. Yeah. You should just be like, oh yeah, cool. Like, I'm doing me. Yeah. I love Definitely. That. And now it even goes back to just being kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why it's so different. In yeah. The way they're raised and we're raised because maybe they're a little bit more insecure seeing other kids and what they have and maybe yeah or attaching their value to their likes and stuff as a kid like I'm kind of glad that as a kid I didn't have to worry about that right you know? yeah I was just I can't home. imagine that stress because even like as an adult I feel that stress and I'm like shoot like if I was 10 11 12 13 and I had this sort of like yeah thing with me all the time to remind me that like hey, maybe I'm not cool enough, or I'm not doing what that person's doing. Like, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> That's nuts. Or I can't even imagine, like, cyberbullying if someone just decided yeah. to, like, talk crap about me. Mm, like, yeah. I cried as a kid, you know? Right? That's so sad. So, it's, it's, it's a different place. But Yeah. It's definitely interesting, because, you know, technology and social media, every single day there's something different, and it's all, like everything, it's gonna progress. Yeah. Super interesting to see where that's gonna go, too. <laughs> only it happened so quick it's only been like what five years yeah for real social media since it emerged and now yeah i remember getting like my first uh like iphone like my first smartphone and like learning what instagram was like i had a facebook but i would only go on like our our family computer at home and like i remember in high school people were like talking about instagram and like showing off this and i'm like what is that like i don't people would be like oh do you have instagram i want to follow you i'm like no no i'm okay (laughs) like i literally like ignored it and then i feel like it's almost a necessity now yeah businesses will look into it Mm. uh yeah before they hire you now exactly yeah that's almost like the the like interview process like a pre-interview you know there was a teaching gig recently that i got an email for but they were like we want uh teachers that have following of 10,000 or more I was like what does that distinguish if I'm gonna be a good teacher or not that's 10,000 followers like yeah there could be 10,000 random people following you and none of them could be you know credible dancers to say that you're a good teacher so that was interesting I was like well what if I just have Instagram to just share with my friends and stuff like yeah so it was weird it was weird for that to be part of the mainstream or the business side and I was like hmm gave me a weird feeling yeah that's definitely interesting um i actually work in like social media marketing it's definitely like really really interesting to to be on both sides for sure that's yeah. wild though Ten thousand <laughs> like it what the, it was the requirement like legit requirement i was like that's where we are now <laughs> yeah interesting okay i won't apply <laughs> yeah oh man wow yeah i, I think that would frustrate me too yeah. for sure yeah Alright, well, um, Justin, I like to ask everybody three questions before uh, we end the podcast. Shoot. So, um, we covered this a little bit already, but um, the Socialista podcast, and especially where we are, Ferguson's downtown, and Las Vegas itself is very based in community. So, what are some ways that you um, work with and immerse yourself in your community? One of the ways, and one of my favorite ways I immerse myself in the community is just coming out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to the events downtown. 
uh, my friends uh, NPR and Coco. They run this thing called Nothing to Do LV. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. They just, they're just my agenda makers. You know what I mean? They're super cool. Like, what am I going to do today? Because I know there's something. I always have that in mind. Yeah. And people always have a different mentality that there's nothing. But you have to think that there's something. There's literally something. There is something. Especially Vegas. Like, there is something. There literally is. So there is. And I look it up and, okay, cool. There's an event at Corduroy or there's an event at Commonwealth. And, you know, showing face and being part of the energy is contributing to the community because mm. without the people attending it, they don't want to throw those events. So when I'm there, I really just try to bring that energy and, like, do what I do. Get people to dance, you know yeah. what I mean? Say what's up to people, catch up with people, and just give off that energy. And I don't want to make it seem like, okay, just because you're in a show or you do all these kind of things that I'm not going to dance with these people because I emerge from this, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Definitely showing up to the events is a good one. Uh, teaching. I love teaching. You know, I really get a good gratification out of teaching. So I try to teach every every so often. Okay. Whether, Do you teach at, like, a studio? Or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a other studio, or there's a bunch of studios here. The mm-hmm. main ones that I usually attend are Millennium Dance Complex, the Rock Center for Dance, uh, high Profile Dance Academy and the Prodigy Training Center. Okay. So if you guys heard any of those, you guys should train there. Awesome. And they can you, the classes with you. Yeah. So uh, do you like what levels do you teach? Uh, I try to teach a little bit more intermediate. Okay. I do have the idea of starting like a beginner's adult class. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be very successful, even if it was just in terms of like basic rhythm or like Mm. social dancing yeah i think that would really help and i know there's just a lot of people that just want to dance but there's like there's no outlet of like where do i start (laughs) and so hopefully that's in the works you know i'm talking to millennium about throwing that and i'll definitely keep you updated because it is something i want to do i think it's something that'll be great I think that'll be amazing. We're always targeting dance for the kids, and it's great. Kids mm-hmm. are great, but mm-hmm. we have enough teachers doing that. Sure. We don't have any teachers, like, trying to help the people late in life, yeah. such as myself, yeah. that find out, you know, later on. You that'd know, be really You know what? I do want to dance, and yeah. I can be that outlet. Like, if you're 25 years old, 20 years old, I don't care, whatever. Whatever late age you think that's too late to dance, like, I want to just forget about that stigma yeah. and be like come into class you're 50 i don't care just come like you could still dance that's like. awesome wow so that'll be definitely in the works and that'll be a good that'll be a good event you know i definitely think so and if you get that going you let me know i will be yeah. there <laughs> bring all ages and just all types of people i love that yeah so obviously i know you really love downtown um one of the places one of the things i like to ask where people like to go out to eat and like specific places they like to hang out because mm-hmm. i'm still a newbie and i'm learning so if you have any like favorite restaurants or like clubs or not clubs but like bars and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh to eat i really like uh vegetation the buffalo cauliflower yes is bomb the, the creative director actually lives here oh wow <laughs> it's really bomb and it would be so great to possibly get a free me- i'm just kidding <laughs> no but really i'm just kidding i'm getting kind of hungry now public i'll connect uh, you too though public us is dope really yeah like i love that. public I love us the way it's set up and the food is just delicious yeah there's some mm-hmm. good i go in a donut bar but sometimes they run out of donuts 
I you know that's exactly why I've never been there. I've never get there in time. Yep, you guys make your donuts too good that it sells out. <laughs> By the time He's I wake salty. up, yeah, I'm a little salty. salty. <laughs> so you know, maybe next time have a box on the side for your good old boy Justin. <laughs> we'll get that in the works. Yeah, and um, I really like the Slotzilla. If you ever tried the zipline, no, I haven't. The one on the top where you're like Superman. Yeah. Super cool. <sighs> I didn't think I was gonna have fun, but it was fun. Yeah. I would definitely do that. Really? I'll have to try it. And what else? Commonwealth, I just like Commonwealth. Commonwealth is like such a cool spot. Whoever runs that spot, I didn't even need you because I'm trying to shake your hand. Here's a podcast handshake right now. <laughs> it's a cool space. Have you been? I been, haven't. Right? I'm a bad local. I haven't been there yet. Okay, so I know. you need to go to Commonwealth. Mm. Is that the one that's, um, is, that's on Fremont, right? Mm-hmm. And is that the one next to Latai? Yes. See, I know of it. I haven't been though, and I literally have ha- had li- been to Latai like three times. Cool space, cool cocktails, and then every now and then there's events there. All right, Justin. So for people who are curious, where can they find you? Like on social media, website. Mm-hmm. I'm under the radar. I'm just yeah, okay. No, so we you don't guys have can <laughs> follow me. It's at this Justin, and it's kind of complicated, but it's T H S J U S. TN. Mm. Yeah. It's a cool page, by the way. There's no eyes in my distress in. I don't know, because. Oh my god. I just just realized the play on words there. Yeah. (laughs) That's so great. It's actually because, you know, when people say breaking news, Mm. I'm a breakdancer. Yeah. And I always tried to be fresh and new. So I was like, breaking news, distress in. That's yeah. super it was cool. My, it was my tagline for like a little bit in 2008 <laughs> and nine. Yeah. And now everyone says that and it kind of, it doesn't bother me, but it um, doesn't amuse me either. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> like this just in. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's me. What's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> That's great. How's the cats? I don't know. You have cats? No. Oh. I mean, I just pass that on. Oh, okay. That's my small talk to someone else. Uh, yeah, right? How's the cats? You know? It's usually well, a good question. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you can also check out the show at MGM. I'll be there. And if you're just involved with the dance community, you'll see me around. Because I'm, I am around. <laughs> I love that. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming Thank on. you for having me. Socialist podcast. Yay. In this tiny trailer. <laughs> in the middle of the motels. 